0: Welcome to Commune, a global wellness community and online course platform featuring some of the world's greatest teachers. We are on a mission to inspire, heal, pass down wisdom, and bring the world closer together. My name is Jeff Krasnow. Before the white salt shaker, there was a rainbow of pink, gray, blue, and black salts. So how did we go from a prism of rock, mineral, and sea salts to the monochromatic refined salt that we all have on our table. Why did we decide we needed pure, stripped-down sodium chloride, which is actually a highly processed food? Well, today's lesson is an excerpt from Dr. Zach Bush's 10-day commune course, Vital Health, which examines the building blocks of human biology and how we arrived at our misconceptions around nutrition, disease, and what it means to live well. Dr. Bush is a triple board-certified physician and internationally recognized educator on the intersection of the microbiome, human health and disease, and our food production systems. You can take Vital Health with Zach Bush for free with a 14-day trial of commune membership at onecommune.com trial. Without further delay, I present to you Dr. Zach Bush.
1: I'm very excited to be diving into another topic to release fear from the food system at large. Ironically, perhaps with the beginning of the cholesterol story that we've tackled already, we began a march over the decades between 1960 and current day, really, in an ever-increasing tenor of fear of food. It is so difficult today to know what you're supposed to eat because certainly cholesterol is bad for you. Salt we've been told is bad for us. Carbohydrates we've been told are bad for us. We've been told fats bad for us. We've been told that too much, you know, insoluble fiber is bad for us. It goes on and on and to the point where you really wonder what you're supposed to be eating today. And I believe that the pharmaceutical industry and modern science as we understand it in Western medicine is really culpable for this constant march towards food fear. Salt is an interesting one that I think has become a really debilitating loss in the uh, the human food system as we've developed our fear of salt. How did this happen? Uh, Sitting in front of you here on this slide here in this incredible array of color are the original rock salts. If you had walked into a marketplace in ancient Egypt or ancient China, that marketplace would have had rock salts with all these different colors representing incredible different mixes of mineral salts from around the world. Rock salts come in all, all of these different contexts of macro minerals and minor minerals that are critical to human biology. The white and gray salts, more typical of the sea and, and water sources, also can be extremely rich sources of these trace minerals. The table salt that you've become used to that white table salt that is sodium chloride is the most dumbed down version that we could have possibly come up with for our definition of salt but unfortunately in our experience that remains the the predominant mindset of the word salt but perhaps i can move you back through some post-traumatic stress disorder perhaps to your original biology 101 course in high school or something like that when your biology teacher tried to explain to you what a salt was, he tried to expand your mind past that white, white salt shaker to, th- to understand salt's at the biochemistry level. You might remember the cation and anion. The cation being the positive charged mineral and the anion being the element to, that bonds to it with its negative charge. You remember that you like cats, so the, that's a positive feeling. That's what I remember from biology 101. You feel positive about the cation, which must be the positive charge. Well, the mineral in the case of table salt there with sodium chloride that is positively charged is a sodium, attached to that is a chloride. And when you put those in water, that that complex crystal structure that develops these cube like structures suddenly dissipates and it dissolves into the water as the H2O molecule offers up new binding capacities with both the sodium and the chloride the hydrogen in the water being positively charged when it's let go can leave the oxygen negatively charged. And so that oxygen now can bind the sodium. And likewise, the hydrogen can bind the chloride. This is an ethereal event that happens in the quantum physics range of reality. So every millionth of a second, water is releasing a hydrogen and exchanging for a sodium and the chloride's binding temporarily to that hydrogen for a millionth of a second. So you have this amazing mix. So salt water is one of the most extraordinary quantum physics events that happens. And in the simplicity of sodium chloride, it's relatively simplistic. You've got combinations of those four elements. But if you take a gray sea salt, if you take that gray sea salt and dissolve it in water, what you find is you have liberated 64 different trace minerals and elements there that are interplaying in this salt relationship in the biochemistry of the positive and negative charge. And so your gray sea salt, something like Celtic sea salt, 64 trace minerals. What happened over the course of the, of the 20th century is we went from that beautiful array, that rainbow colors of rock salts that would have been offered up in Tunisia or whatever far-flung marketplace of of a 1,000 years ago got dumbed down to that single sodium chloride molecule largely for its biologic function. So to understand that, I wanna dive for just a second into the array of minerals that come in something like a gray sea salt and their different functions. Sodium being the most predominant salt on Earth, it's the most predominant mineral that we would find in most salts, whether they be something like a Himalayan rock salt or your ocean sea salt, both of those are gonna have a predominance of sodium. But right behind sodium are gonna be the important ones there of the chlorides, the potassium, the calcium, the phosphorus, the magnesium. These are all critical major minerals that are necessary for human biology or any multicellular organism to function. Earthworm, dog, human, doesn't matter. We need these minerals to, to allow for a whole array of physiologic functions. And if you just dive into a few of these here down that that middle column, you start to glimpse some of the, the vast implications of deleting these from the diet. And so when we started to distill our salts into a simplified sodium chloride instead of a gray sea salt, we lost this cascade of other events. We lost imp- important nutrient sources uh, in, the, in the salts that would not just be perhaps represented in, in our food, but also in our water systems and the like. And so we have dumbed down this, this mineral capacity, this mineral function down to sodium chloride in our constant pursuit of the neurobiology of sodium chloride. And so if you look into that first section of sodium there, you see that its function is really needed there for proper fluid balance, specifically around nerve transmission and muscle contraction. And in that nerve transmission, sodium is very good at, when released from salt, triggering a, a drug-like response in the body. We'll dive a little bit deeper in that in a moment. But I want you to look at uh, down at potassium here. When, you, when your table salt no longer has a potassium chloride element to it, uh, or potassium hydroxide, or whatever other salt it may have in there in your mineral salt. you you lose the capacity for some of that nerve transmission balance, the muscle contraction, and again, fluid balance uh, pathways. Calcium, important not just for the classic bones and teeth, but also for muscle relaxation and subsequent contractions. So the the muscle metabolism, the recovery from exercise, all of these really dependent on chloride, chloride calcium salts. Phosphorus as a major input not just again to your skeletal system, but critical for the maintaining of acid base balances at the kidney tubule. Your ability to detox your body really depend on how much phosphorus you're getting. Ultimately, your ability to make energy at the cellular level, uh, at the mitochondrial level of of turning ADP into ATP, which is kind of the final step to releasing light energy within your cells, is again dependent on the presence of phosphorus. And so from skeleton to muscle metabolism to this extraordinary generation of, of energy within the mitochondria, phosphorus is critical. We've eliminated that phosphorus from the rock salt, sea salt spectrum as we went to the distilled sodium chloride version of table salt. Magnesium, I believe, is one of the most efficient uh, elements that we have in the American diet today. And so magnesium is, I think, the most critical nutrient there that we have for the neurologic system's ability to induce sleep and that is rarely talked about. When you look at these charts of minerals and everything else, we talk about muscle metabolism, and you're used to your doc saying, oh, you're getting muscle cramps, you should take potassium and magnesium, see if that resolves it, whatever it is. But way beyond, before you're gonna develop magnesium deficiency adequate to get a muscle cramp, you're starting to undermine your, your brain's ability to go into that deep relaxation, parasympathetic mode. Similarly, magnesium is critical in the movement of insulin across the cell membrane. And so your ability to move sugar into the into the cell and therefore into the mitochondria to produce energy is highly dependent on magnesium. As you become insulin resistant to the uh, accumulation of fat, due to the accumulation of fat in your liver or otherwise, you start to crank through your magnesium faster. So as the obesity epidemic has set in, we all become more and more deficient in magnesium for the amount of insulin that's being pumped through our body to try to manage the ever increasing amount of resistance to that uh, critical hormone. So magnesium deficiency, I would look at as a public health crisis in not just America, but really the globe at large. And one of the critical reasons that has occurred, again, is through this distillation of that salt experience into that simplified sodium chloride and we lost our magnesium input. Beyond those m- macro minerals, we get into the trace minerals. And this is where a lot of the common diseases that I see in clinic today stem from. And so as we lost our mineral contact with things like iron, and critically zinc, as well as selenium, manganese, chromium, molybdenum, these are compounds you're never going to see on the back of your USDA label of recommended daily dose because we underestimated the importance of these trace minerals in biologic functions. Selenium is on that list and critical element of our antioxidant system that we talked so much about when we envisioned a world without cardiovascular disease. We increased our propensity for cardiovascular disease and damage when we lost the selenium input into that whole antioxidant cascade. Similarly, manganese and zinc are critical for all the enzyme processes in your body. Enzymes are complex protein structures that come from the genetic translation of of a gene into a protein, and then the protein folds into three-dimensional structures that have machinery-like mechanistic properties. One of the classic ones is glutathione, for example. Glutathione is this complex protein that looks a little bit like Pac-Man in its three-dimensional structure. And it can grab a positively charged inflammatory compound and combine it with a negatively charged antioxidant to reduce inflammation. So glutathione charging through tissue can eat through a whole bunch of inflammation quickly when there is zinc and manganese present. If you are missing those critical minerals at the center of that protein folding, you get a dysfunctional enzyme. And so you can imagine as we eliminate the complexity of all of the mineral salts that we should have been exposed to and were exposed through all culinary history, we start to lose the very mechanisms of vitality within our bodies. And again and again, you'll find that both the micronutrients and the macronutrients keep pointing back towards neurologic system as a, a big epicenter as well as the muscular center. And then when you get into those trace ones, that's when you start getting into the immune dysfunction and again insulin deficiencies and the like. And so it's a cascading problem of metabolism and energy production as you eliminate these trace minerals. So almost inevitable in the elimination of trace minerals from the diet is obesity and diabetes. And that's where we work so hard in clinic and I can see it again and again in my patients. If I add high amounts of of, uh, selenium, chromium, and zinc to the diet of a diabetic, with every single meal or getting those salts, I can see a radical reduction in their blood sugar excursion that happens postprandially or after the meal. And so you can improve the diabetic effect in a single meal, not with chronic diabetes meds, anything else, by just giving these mineral salts back. So again, the the combination of selenium, zinc, and chromium can be an extremely helpful cascade of events to improve the pancreatic function and the metabolic capacity of that diabetic patient in a single meal. In just minutes from reintroduction, you're healing that patient's baseline biology. And so this is the fearsome thing that we've done through fear of cholesterol and blocking all of the production of cholesterol, fear of salt and eliminating all of the salts. We have lost the very underpinnings of the biology that produces a vital human being. So how did we do it? How did we go from this rainbow of of rock salts and mineral salts and sea salts down to your, your white shaker of sodium chloride? How did we go about that? We did this over the course of the late 1800s and, and well into this century here. Over the last 150 years, gotten better and better and cheaper and cheaper at extracting just sodium chloride from these complex mineral substrates that we so relied on for our health before. You might go ahead and think back to your high school biology class when for the first time you lit that Bunsen burner in the lab and you and a friend boiled seawater until you started to see salt crystals and the steam was taken off and put through a little cooling column and you had pure, clean water dripping out the end that had no salt left in it. And you were dis- creating a distillation event and the sodium was precipitating out of the water in the vial that was was being boiled. As it turns out, at different levels of concentration of, of the distillation process, as the salt and the water change in concentration to one another, different mineral salts appear at, at a very predictable rate. And one of the first to appear is sodium chloride. And so long before you're going to get the magnesium and the manganese and the, and the other uh, trace mineral salts d- precipitating out of that water, you're going to get the sodium chloride. So this allows you to harvest the sodium chloride and eliminate the 64 other tra- trace minerals that may have been liberated from that gray sea salt and deliver to the consumer that white salt shaker of sodium chloride. So that's how it's done. A deeper question, ultimately, is why did we do it? Why the heck would we be done? If salt was working for all of those thousands of years through you know, the, the Silk Road and China and the whole transaction of, mineral, of salts and herbs and spices, where did we go wrong? Why did we decide we needed suddenly just a pure white salt that was dumbed down to a single sodium chloride element? Why did we do it? The answer, unfortunately, is money. The way in which we started to sell more and more food was by actually simplifying the salt experience to sodium chloride. This again comes down to the critical features of each of those mineral salts and their impact on human biology. It turns out when you take straight simplified sodium chloride versus 64 minerals in your sea salt, you get a much more potent stimulation to a certain center of the neurologic brain which stimulates the dopamine response, the pleasure response to the food. So we found as the 1940s and 50s came along and we started into this whole journey into processed food that one of the most potent ways to increase consumer consumption of your product was to add purified sodium chloride. If you then added with that a fat source and a sugar, you got a drug-like effect that mimics cocaine. If you do a functional MRI looking at the blood flow patterns in the brain, A cocaine dose is going to trigger the exact same experience of a simplified sodium chloride with a sugar-fat combination. And so as we developed the McDonald's Happy Meal and all this in the 1950s, 60s and beyond, it was emblematic of a whole journey into TV dinners and the development of the Twinkie and Wonder Bread and all these things were maximizing the drug effect of our food so that consumers would behave in a certain way we were really leveraging the drug response of the human brain to more and more purified versions of nature in our food system. And so therefore we, we moved to sodium chloride, but it's not just the overload of sodium chloride that leads to biologic, you know, imbalance. It's really the loss of all of the other minerals that I see as the biggest injury to humanity over the last 50 years of the no salt salt fear diets. So what are the ramifications of salt as a whole? As you start to overwhelm kidney tubules, for example, with a single mineral salt like sodium chloride, you quickly lose water regulation. With the loss of water regulation across a single cell or a kidney tubule, you start to lose the ability of the body to detox. The best solvent in your body to clear toxins, whether they be toxins from herbicides, pesticides, alcohol, whatever you're consuming, or the natural metabolites that can build up in a cell as you go through the metabolic process of producing energy, you have to clear those from the inside of the cell so that there's not an accumulation of positive charge or other toxic qualities to those metabolites. Water is the method of detoxification. In my field of integrative medicine, I see all the time some new detox program hitting the market from another practitioner who's come up with some mix of you know, powders and proteins and you know, herbs and all of this that they want you to buy for a month-long detox. There's a bit of a, a visceral reaction I have at this point to seeing this behavior because all of us should know in this integrative field by now that the real method, the only method, for cleaning the body is to increase the amount of water available inside the cell. Hydration within the cell is the critical element. And it turns out ironically that the first couple steps that we've covered in this course with cholesterol and now salt are fundamental to the ability of your cell membrane in every single cell of your body 70 trillion cells every last one of those cells needs the combination of cholesterol to again increase the permeability barrier increase the barrier between the outside and the inside and then the mineral salts in all of their complexity to increase electrical charge across that membrane. So the combination of cholesterol and salt is the mechanism by which the body not only produces all of the neurologic stuff, the muscle activity, the insulin activity, all the things I've listed, it is also the critical piece of hydration itself. And so in creating the terror of cholesterol and salt in this whole paradigm of modern cardiovascular prevention diets, we have in fact undermined our true capacity for cleansing the body. It is time for you to work salt and, and it's, all of its beauty and complexity back into your life. So there's a couple of simple ways to do this. First of all, there is an elimination opportunity here. High doses of sodium chloride are used in a couple of, of the major food systems that, that permeate almost all meals in America today. And those are processed meats and cheeses. If you go to any restaurant in the in the country right now, I guarantee you that the vast majority of the salads that they are gonna serve you are gonna be covered in cheese or some co- combination of cheese and meat. And typically that's like feta cheese and bacon or some combination thereof. And so as a plant-based guy, I'm always you know showing up at some restaurant that somebody invites me to and there's no, no veggie options on the menu except for the salads and you order the salad and it didn't even mention that it was gonna be covered in cheese. You know, it's just like, it's an unbelievable, so why is that happening? Again, it's the drug-like quality. Those restaurants know that if they put some of these drug-like qualities of the sodium chloride into your food, they're gonna get you back again. You're gonna remember that salad better if it had the crumbled feta and bacon chips on it. If you're just sitting there eating romaine and all of that and you don't have a, a cocaine response, you're unlikely to recall that salad as this this wonderful, you know, stimulatory experience. That's again where we are missing the real salt of the earth, if you will. If they had instead created a a natural oil, something like a cold-pressed olive oil, with a mineral salt mixed into it that had the whole umami spectrum of a true mineral salt, you would have remembered that salad in a positive way. But instead, they reach for the drug-like sledgehammers of sodium chloride in the cheese and the meat. Cheese processing and meat processing have become some of the densest delivery systems for that sodium chloride uh, simplified drug. And so we want to get you past that now and reimagine your culinary experience. Uh, My wife does a good job for for the family of carrying around a vial of mineral salt everywhere she goes in her purse. Tiny little brown vial, takes up no space, smaller than a tube of lipstick, and I swear that is a powerful way to to supercharge your family. If you're traveling, you're stuck at a restaurant, whatever it is, ask for no dressing on the salad, no cheese and meat on the salad, ask for some olive oil on the side and maybe a vinegar and then add your, your 64 trace minerals of your sea salt and create your own salad dressing at the table and throw that across that salad for a completely different experience. There's opportunities here for you to really take control again. Getting lazy is inevitable. We we get tired, we get grumpy, we're depressed, we feel overwhelmed. Ah, oh, screw it, I'll just get this out, It's covered with feta, what the hell, I'll just do it. And then we get that dopamine surge and we're back in this drug-like relationship to our food and we're not even tasting the complexity of nature beneath the surface. So I'm encouraging you to get back into salt in a new way. Get tapped in through your culinary experience, but don't forget the skin. Salt, it turns out, is absorbed through every membrane of your body effectively because it was critical to our health. I want you to think about the bathing process a 1,000 years ago versus today. 1,000 years ago, bathing was always done in freshwater streams or in the ocean. Both have very complex mineral elements that are integrated into the H2O molecule that create vibrancy within the water itself, but also is a potent delivery system via the skin of all of these trace minerals in that aqueous state. Today, you stand in a shower that's loaded with chlorine, which is a highly negative char- negatively charged ion that's going to pull any mineral that's available in the skin into its binding. And so you're going to chelate or you're going to start to, to strip the, so- the mineral capacity of the skin with chronic exposure to the chlorines. And so it's important to recognize that you've not only lost the salts, but you're also bathing in stuff that's diminishing your ability to maintain your your salt balance across the skin membrane, therefore risking dehydration in the rest. And you can certainly see this when you sit in a pool too long in the rest. When I swim or, or surf in the ocean for two hours, I'm never coming out with my surfboard with wrinkled fingers and wrinkled toes. It's because there's so many mineral salts in there that are bringing as much nutrient into my body as I was being pulled out, that I never have to desiccate my body. But when you sit in a chlorine bath and you have a lack of mineral salts to, to replenish the body, that, that contraction or wrinkling of the skins and the toes is the literal desiccation or drying of the body as water is pulled out of the body. And so it's a frightening thing that bathing could dehydrate us when we lack the mineral salts there. And so what's the mechanism in our house we've put in a whole house water uh, mineral salt uh, tank on the front end of our house system so that we've got a gray sea salt that that fills our entire water system so every shower you take and everything else coming out of that well you've got that entire mineral salt 64 trace minerals and you're bathing in, in real nutrient again and so there's easy mechanisms to start to to bring your household back towards nature carry the sea salt with you start bathing in the sea salt certainly cook with it and all the rest and start to experience life differently when it comes to hydration that's the last little silver bullet is every single day i drink at least two glasses of water with sea salt in it and i typically will add a lemon or lime to to supercharge the effect by alkalinizing the water before i add the sea salt so one crushed lime or half a lemon Uh, right before you add the sea salt in, and you are maximizing your hydration capacity. So you're drinking it, you're bathing it, you're eating it, you're getting rebathed in the minerals that will ignite physiology that you may have forgotten or maybe never knew if you are third, fourth generation into the sodium chloride journey. Salt of the earth, it's what we're called to be in scripture. I believe there's an opportunity for us to tie back into the truth that is in there in the biology and stop fearing the world that we came out of. Thanks for joining. We'll catch you on the next round with protein and carbohydrates.
0: That was Dr. Zach Bush, a physician and health educator, shedding light on our current misconceptions around one of the many maligned food groups in our culture, salt. Dr. Bush's commune course, Vital Health, is your invitation to stop fearing the world you came out of and reignite your physiology. In addition to covering salt, he also discusses where we have gone astray with our relationship to fats, carbs, and protein you can take his course for free with a 14-day trial of Commune membership. Just go to onecommune.com trial. If you enjoy hearing lessons from the Commune course platform on this podcast, then hit subscribe in your favorite podcatcher and join the collection on my mom's fridge by leaving us a review. That's all from the Commune for this week. My name is Jeff Krasnow, and I am here for you. Thank you.